Hello, Evers and Evers, and welcome back to SG with SNG. I'm Gail. And I'm Sam. And today we will be discussing the 15th chapter of The School for Good and Evil called Choose Your Coffin. Sounds like a car show, kind of. It anyway. does. No, it sounds like pick your poison, you know? Like, you know in the movies when they're like, or choose your weapons. I don't know. It's like, choose your weapons. Do you want? No. Where is choose your weapons it's from? It's not Hunger Games. It's definitely not Hunger Games. Or it's choose not. your character. I think it is Jumanji. Choose your... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's from just... something. But, it, yeah, I, you know, it reminds me more of, like, pick your poison, though, because, you know... What's that from? Like, just... I don't know. Just I think it's general. just kind of a saying, you know? It's like... Yeah. I don't know. Drugs, alcohol, chocolate, other things. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Tedros is choosing coffins, or... I think. Yeah. Yeah, Tedros is. Okay, cool. So, what... Why don't you get us started, Sam? Chapter opens up with a glorious shot of Tedros exercising, and why, you may ask? Well, because the snowball invitations have been slipped under doors during the night. So, it's super early in the morning, Tedros is working out, sweating it out, thinking about the snowball, about which he is very nervous. Yeah, so right now we don't know that much about Tedros, and literally, um... Sweatiness is his main character trait. So, I feel like this is kind of a nice bit to learn about him but it's like but he's smart because i think it's also he's some people, smart but he's like no no to like work out <laughs> oh, when yeah. you're stressed you know because it's like endorphins and stuff yeah because he is top of the he's top of the leaderboard. leaderboard yeah so i mean we don't really know that yet but i mean not not really a spoiler yeah so basically at first when i was reading this chapter i kind of thought that tedris was putting a good point across, although in a strange way, because um, we're kind of in his head in this paragraph or in this passage. He says, and I quote, the problem with the balls was that boys had to do all the work. And one second, I have to get the book out. Um, sorry. The thing is, though, well, after you read the quote, I think we should really discuss it because yeah. it is a bit traditional. Yeah, here. The problem with balls was that boys had to do all the work. Girls could flirt and scheme and wish all they wanted, but in the end, it's the boys who had to make, or it's the boy who had to make his choice and hope she said yes. Tedros wasn't worried about the girl saying yes. He was worried that there was no girl he wanted to ask at all. So, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting point, but the way he puts it across is so, like, gross, I guess. It's not gross. It's just really traditional, you know? It's like, guys have to ask girls. Scheme and flirt. Yeah, yeah. It's really traditional gender roles. But Evers, I think that's one thing that they do emphasize, and I think it's meant to be ironic. Like, I think this is supposed to be ironic because... The Evers are super, you know, like, traditional gender roles, like I said before. But, I mean, in our world, like, 2020, outside of the School of Friggin' Evil, like, I I mean, there aren't really balls that much, at least in my experience. Yeah. And, like, you can ask, girls can ask guys or whatever gender you prefer to be identified by. You can ask whoever you want. Yeah, but I feel like still... There's still kind of the expectation that guys ask that yeah, guys ask girls definitely, or guys ask ladies. Um, ladies, I don't guys, guys ask ladies. Guys sounds older like, than boys. Yeah, and girls sounds more like demeaning. I don't know. Anyways, also, they're young. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. No, but then you also think homecoming and things like that. Do they even still do homecoming? I don't know. Oh, like homecoming dance. Oh, yeah. That's in ninth grade. That's in ninth grade. Yeah. I feel like that's young when you think about it. I mean, it. ninth grade is what? 13? 14? 
14 or 15, I think. I was 13 in ninth grade. Okay, 13 or 14. Yeah, but your birthdays. Oh, you yeah, were, my birthdays. You were 13 for, I was like, 13 10 for, days. like, two weeks. <laughs> I was still 13 in ninth grade. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so 14. Yeah, 14. But there are people younger than me. There are, like, 13 to 15-year-olds. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Like There's, like, a weird broad. age gap. Yeah, but... I don't know. I guess it could be normal. I just feel like this ball has such a big... It's like it's like they're getting married or it something. Is. Like, they're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. Yeah. It seems... It might be... No, they have... It's a little to, extreme. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I yawned. Um, I don't know. Basically... I mean, once, Tedros is really worried about this. Yeah. Because Finding we find out. However, like, once the passage continues, it becomes apparent... That he's really insecure, and that's kind of why he was talking in that way. I mean, it's not an excuse, but I mean, it makes more sense. I mean, I think everyone is, most people are insecure to some degree. Just because, I mean, I don't, I mean, I envy you if you were confident all the time. That would be amazing. But Sam, what is he so insecure about? What is the core of his problem? What? (laughs) The Guinevere curse. Oh yeah, the Guinevere curse. So, but wait, no, back about Tedros, but he's not like... I just really wanted to say that, sorry. (laughs) He's not like projecting his insecurity on anyone. He's just kind of, I think it's good that what he's doing, you know? Just like sweating it out. I don't know, I feel like that's a good idea. I feel like it's better that he's thinking this and not saying it all out loud. He's like, Beatrix, I don't like you. Yeah, I guess as this chapter goes on, I feel like we can kind of see a theme of not liking Beatrix. From Tedros. Anyways, so what's the Guinevere curse? So I'm going to read directly, I'm going to read the paragraph, or paragraphs, plural, from the book, beginning with, Tedros was only nine when his mother, Guinevere, made off with the knight Lancelot, leaving him and his father alone. He heard the whispers that followed. She found love. But what about all those times she said, I love you to his father? All those times she said it to him? Which love was real? Night after night, Tedros watched his father slip further into heartbreak and drunkenness. Death came within the year. With his last breaths, King Arthur gripped his son's hands. The people will need a queen, Tedros. Don't make my mistakes. Look for the girl who is truly good. Tedros climbed higher and higher on the golden braids, veins straining against muscle. (laughs) Don't make my mistakes. His hands slipped and he fell off the rope, crashing to a soft mat. Cheeks red, he glowered at the taunting waterfalls of hair. All the girls here were mistakes. Guinevere's who confused love with kisses. Okay. Beatrix. Let's see. He says something about Beatrix there, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, but that was way before. Oh, shoot, sorry. It's okay. Well, I'll read that chapter. Oh, Tedros was only nine. Yeah, well, prior to that passage, I skipped. There's a paragraph right before that in which Tedros discusses that he, he basically vows to forget girls then he notices one getting attention so then he's he feels competitive so he said he tries to get her he gets her well that's so i feel like that makes girls sound like chattel but yeah it doesn't like so he basically tries to like win her affection and then he succeeds and then he discovers that she's a prince hunter who doesn't care about him? He, she just wants like his crown. Well, he doesn't really. And he care calls about it the her. Beatrix. Scene. Yeah, he doesn't care either. The Beatrix curse. Yeah. So. Or the Guinevere curse. Um. So, so, I don't know. Okay. No. No. Go. Okay. So it's clear that you know Tedros has a ton of pressure to find a significant other or right. more 
um, more specifically a queen. So it and seems not like it's for gonna itself, be a girl. It's for the people of Camelot. You yeah, know? and the last words. You, like, I think that the last words you want to hear from your father would be, I love you, or something of the like. But instead, he just... Felt something else to worry yeah, about. Yeah, and then, although King Arthur was his father by blood, it kind of just seems that though he wasn't there for Tedros for the years after Guinevere left up to his death. I think Arthur it said that King Arthur died within drunk. the year. Night after night. No, he died within the year that Guinevere left. Okay. So Which is really fast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's saying, he's like drunk and he's like yeah. all this stuff so it seems like he's not he wasn't there for him so for him to die and then leave this wait yeah oh, not even leave it to like put it yeah he perfectly yeah exactly i just think shoulders. that's so i don't know bad but and like and then you see why he he's just kind of emotionally unavailable yeah he's a little, he's not he's a little but he kind unstable. of is he's a little unstable but who was his father figure during the time? No well, spoilies. No spoilies. Oh. But <laughs> if you read later in the books, then you'll know who. But since this is a read-along, we don't want to spoil it for you. Ends I mean, it's not that big of a spoiler. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. It's okay. But anyway, yeah. Oh, wait. But in, like, um, what would you call it? In, like, Knights of the Round Table, you know, all the old stories. I, oh, I can't um, remember. Folklore? Cool. It's not myths. Mm-hmm. No, it would be folklore. <laughs> it's folklore? Um, the once and future king. Something Yeah, like it doesn't matter. No, that's not TB. I wasn't T- thinking oh. of a specific book. Uh, just like in the older yeah, folklore, right? Writings, yeah. know, texts about King Arthur. I don't remember him av- ever having a son. You yeah, know? none of these characters had sons. Yeah. I think that's interesting too, though. I like how he... Sorry, someone's yelling outside. Let's continue as if nothing happened. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's continue. So while all these thoughts are just swarming in his head, Tedros slips off the rope he was climbing and falls under the mat below. It wasn't a rope. It was hair. Yeah, That's the, the other hair. Is it actual hair? Like from Rapunzel? Oh my gosh. Like, you know how in the handbook there's the Shazira or something like that? Wait, we have the handbook. The unicorn Let me find it. One Altazara. second. We'll be back. Altazara. Wait, then we don't need it. What? Oh. Um, but basically, I wonder if they have, like, a hair farm. <laughs> I don't know. So terrible. I mean, but they have, like, I, since they have the groom rooms, I assume they have, like, hair growing potion. Yeah. So then you can just grow your hair really long if you want it to be yeah, longer and then just prob- cut it. There are probably a lot of candidates. If you don't get accepted <gasps> to the school for good and evil, you're probably just, like, yeah, I'm growing hair. <laughs> but, like, or maybe it's people, you know how... They were like surrogates, so like your hair surrogates. Yeah, but wait, what? When would they need hair other than I don't know? Maybe it all needs to be and it was blonde all blonde for this groom. There's probably just we one hair surrogate, it. and she's like the official, or he, he or she, or maybe they're twins because then they have similar hair colors. That then would you can be grow cool. more hair. Huh? Maybe I think it's we're just on genetic copies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should copyright this. Yeah, trademark it. Hair surrogate. Um, anyways. Basically, like Sam said, Tedros falls off, and so he's kind of just wallowing in his emotions, and... Teenage angst. Teenage angst. And so, let's just take a quick break and talk about the groom room. So, we were talking about, like, the I hair. love the groom room so much. So, there are throwing hammers, which I guess they could be themed Thor. I don't know. No, it was... It mentions it earlier in the book. Like, guys 
Well, because they do seg- segregated, not se- well, yeah, gender segregated groom rooms. Yeah, Perhaps segregated isn't the word. best word. Um, it would separate it. Separate it, <laughs> yeah. I can't speak today, sorry. But I think the male groom room is supposed to be more focused on fitness, fitness. and also kind of like outdoorsy because they have like tanning salons and stuff. And there's like dumbbells, <laughs> a lap pool. Salon? They do. Oh and they have gosh. Turkish baths. They talk about it earlier in the book, I think. Wait, so that's weird. So everyone just wants to, all the princes, oh, that's kind of funny. All the princes want to be tan and buff. So they all look the same. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they all look similar. Except for Tristan, because well, Tristan's they, like, pale. pale? Yeah, <laughs> I'm confused. Well, oh. remember, because Tedros, his like, other main thing is that he's a golden tan. So it's a fraud. He's a fraud. Tedros is a fraud. Okay, yeah, but there's a lap pool and the climbing ropes, and then there's a bunch of other fitness-themed things. Um, and, yeah, and so basically, I like how Showman themed all the stations in the green room. I mean, we'll see the... Well, they follow Female a common room, theme. Like, later. But, yeah. yeah, they follow a common theme. But, I mean, it's, like, specific, kind of. Why don't we just talk about the female groom room now? Because then we can compare and contrast. Okay. We'll get the... We'll get right back to you. We need to get the book. The okay. Handbook. Okay, we have the book now. And yep. Sam is going to tell us a bit. Well, so, the school... But the... In the handbook, it's new, remodeled. What? After... After the third book. So. Yes. So it's a little different, but it does include, it does clarify which stations are new. So also the groom rooms are now co-ed, which I think is good. Yeah, it's North Hammers. So yeah, North Hammers. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. North, so for fitness, so male and female are now together. We'll only say what's um, old. Yeah, we'll say what's old. So for fitness, there's the North Hammer Gymnasium, mud wrestling pit, saltwater lap pool, then spa, there's the sweat lodge. Peasant-themed tanning room, Turkish baths, little match girl sauna. I think that's... And then there's Little Mermaid Lagoon. Um, then for hair and makeup, Rose Red Makeup... Oh, Red Rose Makeup Station, Cinderella's Pedicure Corner. And for wardrobe consultation, there is it is all new. Okay. Um, and so then, it's pretty... It's quite nice, but... Yeah, the it's old interesting one is, that there's North Hammer Gymnasium and Midas Gold Midas Sweat, Gold Sweat Lodge. So, like, Midas is Greek, Greek, and Norse is obviously Norse. So it's interesting to see fairy tales plus, plus, plus mythology. Yeah, I think that's cool. Honestly, I would... I feel like there could definitely be better... Norse mythology books because there's like I mean like similar to School for Good and Evil because there's Magnus Chase right that's good that's good but I haven't I don't I don't know have you read it yes like three yeah I think think there could be some better ones obviously Greek there or more and they're great I don't know I actually really liked um Magnus Magnus Chase is good it was a good out of the Percy Jackson. Universe. Actually, it was I like Heroes good. of Olympus the most, though. That's the one with. Oh no, I like Trials of Apollo too. Oh, I love Trials of Apollo. Lester. Lester. <laughs> Lester is goals. Anyway, um, so, and then we, should we talk about. Because, oh. Then. Okay, and then later in School for Good and Evil, there's also the <gasps> Never. Never Groom Room, but we're not going to talk about that yeah, yet. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Just this. because right now they only have the Doom Room. Which is, we have a whole podcast, or we have, not a podcast, we have a whole episode devoted to that, if you haven't listened to the chapter, I mean. 
um, where we discuss the Doom Room a right. lot. Okay. Anyways, so basically, um, cut back to the story, I guess. Right before we see a different scene, Tedris leaves us with a glowering look at the taunting waterfalls of hair and makes one last remark. Um, he says, all the girls here were mistakes. Guinevere's who confused love with kisses. Okay, we this already touched on that thinking. a little. And yeah, that's pretty harsh. That. Yeah, that's Honestly, they're like 12. He's they don't really mistake. need to be... But yeah, like, they're literally 12. Like, I don't think they should be concerned about finding the love of their life. I think this is kind of... It's like Romeo and Juliet. You know how it was... I think Juliet was 12 and Romeo was 18, I think. I don't know. I feel like that... If you, I think that, that age puts gap... It, into, it really makes you question the book a ton more. Yeah, let me confirm that. I think she was really young, though. Romeo and Juliet... Ages. Ages. Juliet? Juliet's oh, she's 16. 16. Okay. Wait. No. Shakespeare makes her 13. Yeah, Shakespeare makes her 13. Okay, so she's 13 and Romeo is 16. Typically okay. 16, but he's <laughs> his ages are anywhere between 13 to 21. <laughs> so I think that's Shakespeare. It was older than that, though. Romeo? Yeah, I thought so. I think he was 18 or something. Yeah. Are Romeo and Juliet the same age? Oh, okay. the age of Romeo is never explicitly stated by Shakespeare. Okay, but we know he's older. But Juliet is 13. And about to really Okay. So. So. They're not that young if you consider Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, that's true. They're still they're kind not. of in a similar universe. But I they feel. graduate, so let's say you're 12. But maybe they're just more mature. Do they die earlier? Yeah, probably. You graduate when know. you're 16. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. So you get married. But that's like Harry Potter. You graduate when you're 17, right? Yeah. You kind of just get... And you get married when you're like 17 or 18 in Harry Potter, right? Because Molly yeah. and Arthur Weasley. I couldn't remember Mr. Weasley's name because I always say Mr. Weasley. But they get married like right after school. Yeah, I guess that's just... It's like getting married after college, or... No, it's not. 18 or 17 No, I'm saying it's like doing that because oh, okay, the yeah. highest education is right, literally right. Hogwarts. Yeah. Or healing, whatever, like St. Mungo's training, I don't know. Yeah. But you just get married after school because that's right. your next... I don't know. Your next thing in life. Yeah. If you get married. If you choose to get married. So, yeah, I guess... I guess it kind of makes sense. I don't know. In the... It's a different world, too. True. Also, one quick thing that I just thought of. In Harry Potter, you know how there's, like... There's Voldemort, and there's a huge problem. In the School for Good and Evil, it's kind of like they're just going to school. And right now, it's like... They kind of create the problems. Yeah. Someone keeps yelling outside. I don't know if you can hear it on the microphone, but... If you can... (laughs) So sorry. I think they stop now, though, so... That's good. Anyway, continue discussing their ages. Oh no, that was all I had. Wait, to wait. Say. Oh yeah, I have one more thing. Also, I don't. Does anyone start? Because Tedros is clearly lifting pretty heavy and like throwing his Norse hammer. He's twelve. No, he's I think he's 12. a little older. No, he's not. No, I think he's older because he was born. 
earlier and you know how they only accept every four years so maybe Tedros is just stupid. i picture him like a, a year or, or older a year older well then he's 13 that's not that big of a okay difference. wait let's look up Tedros. it's probably not gonna come up age yeah. school I think they are 11 to 12 to 13. No, they're not 11. Because no? 12 is the minimum age. It's 12 through 16 that oh, you get okay. accepted. Oh, okay, so they're 12. We He's... talked about that in the first episode, I believe. Yeah. He's a 16-year-old prince, but I don't... He no, definitely that... doesn't start when he's 16. Otherwise, that's weird. He's 16 in the newest one? Is he? Wait, okay, we're going to... This is a little bit of a rant. We're going to go back it's to not the, a rant. Not a tangent, not a rant. Um, oh, my voice just cracked epically. Um, Wait, I'm but go also the one thing, chapter. like, about his picture, so you know how in the handbook they have, like, kind of like the yearbook almost? Okay, the handbook is literally falling apart in my hands as I turn the pages. <laughs> it's not just ours. I don't know, like, the pages are just kind of... The pages are weirdly... I don't think they're, it's well-bound. They're brittle. It's very. It's a very pretty book, except the pages are just a little iffy. Mm-hmm. Okay, why can't I find this? It's when I need to find something in it, I never can, like ever. Okay, hold on. Well, the part with like the pictures of the students, you know, with Sophie, Agatha, Tedros. Oh, here it is. Okay. So Tedros, like his picture is literally not how I pictured him at all. I thought he would have, like, a wider face, like, more square, you know? Yeah, that's not how I pictured Agatha. And Rina Agatha, kind of. Rena, no. I pictured her differently, personally. But Tedros, I don't know. He just, I pictured, since he's always working out. Yeah, I Beatrix pictured him I can buffer. kind of see, but, like. Mm. Beatrix, I don't, her bangs. I don't think. So. Okay, I don't, I can't find the, um, the thing that I wanted to read. However... If you chat it, it's in our first episode, our first chapter episode. Mm -hmm. If you want to hear that, I mean, I don't know, but it is twelve. I know this. I think I know this for a fact. Um, you're kidnapped between twelve or sixteen because they're four year terms, I guess. Mm -hmm. So every four years, kids are kidnapped between the ages of twelve and sixteen. Right. Because otherwise, not everyone could get chosen, you know? Right. So, okay. So, but they are 12 because it's the first year they can go. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, that's true. But Tedros could still be older. But since he's King Arthur's son, that's pretty high priority. No, but it doesn't matter if it's high priority because they're not going to put you in in the middle. It's every four years they take on new kids. Yeah, I know, but that's my point. Because he would be chosen when he was first of age. Because he's an important fairy tale. Yeah, 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 but I'm saying if if um they take kids when you're 11, then the next time you're going to be able to go is when you're 15. Oh, that's So true. it doesn't matter how high priority it is, it just matters when you're born, and that makes your age. You're either older or, like, the youngest. Right, so Tedros could be older, then. Tedros could be older. I mean, it kind of makes sense, I don't know. But then that's, I don't know, because I feel like... I mean, the older you get, I feel like the smaller age gaps become. Yeah. But I feel like the difference between 16 and 12, or they seem, well, obviously, they get <laughs> smaller, actually. But I feel like, you know, 16, 16 and 12, is, 12 is a really big difference, I think. But versus, like, I don't know, 28 and 32. 
That seems That's normal. pretty close, I think. But I don't know. At this age, I feel like... Or it's like a 14-year-old with a 10-year-old. That's just... I think... I don't know. It's like a really young person going to college, kind of. That's true. That's not bad, but like I I feel like you don't have that experience. Your life experience, your maturity, I feel like it would be more awkward. It's just different maturity levels, I think. It's not bad unless it's like inappropriate or toxic. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just different, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I think that Tedros might be a year older, but like not 16. Yes. (laughs) That would be weird. Then he'd be 20 by the end of the books, I think. Yeah. 20 plus. 20 plus. Be a little old. Anyways, basically the story cuts to Agatha Knapp, who is in her room in the tower, having just woken up. However, she's not alone in her room, as Sophie is sleeping on Rena's old bed, and she snuck in. But I mean... It's not really even Rena's old bed. Like, they need it to say what it is, I guess. But it's... Yeah, she never slept in it and literally left after a few minutes. Yeah. So, just a thing I wanted to point out there. Anyways, Agatha is shocked to see Sophie, though, and begins to yell at her to leave before she gets caught. But instead of answering, Sophie holds up an invitation. That is the the invitation invitation to to the snowball. So, Sophie just kind of... She obsesses over the invitation. She smells it. Yeah. Yes. For... For a minute, and Agatha tries to talk some sense into her, namely that she is not invited the, to the ball and that she needs Tedros to fall in love with her instead of worrying and dreaming about a ball she can't go to. Okay, real quick. So, she it, Sophie is like Tedros in that respect, you know? She yeah. sees, like, the guy that she thinks is the, I guess, least accessible, kind of? Yeah. Or, well, just the guy she thinks is and the most attractive. Son. And she's like, oh, yeah, I she's need... Like, oh, I need I need him. him. But not as a form of love, more as a form of kind possession. of just possession. Yeah. And um, basically, Sophie clearly does not see Agatha's reason. And instead, it calls her a not true friend if she won't help. Sorry, that was our cat. If you've heard background noise in the back. In background the back. noise in the back. If you've heard it in the past during this episode, that's probably been her. I feel like stuff keeps happening know, in the background. This, yeah, everything. I mean, we're even in our normal filming location or recording. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> hammering on the wall. What? <laughs> okay. I don't know. We're just going to pretend. If you hear noises, ignore it. Fate is we're not just, on our yeah, side. Yeah, fate the is not on our side. Yeah. <gasps> Speaking of, we just read the new. I think there's a new Hunger Games book? Yeah, it's like What's the it prequel. Called? It's called Ballad of Thorns, Thorns and Snakes. Thorns, Thorns and Snakes? Thorns, yeah, it is Thorns and Snakes. It's called The Ballad, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. It's and very good. It's very good. I highly recommend it. It's like, it's a, it's a very quick read, but it's really good. Definitely yeah, it recommend. doesn't, like, you can kind of just, you can just cruise through it. Yeah. Okay, there goes the background noise. There's, there's anyway, the hammer. It's really good. So it's if really you want good. A book Highly recommend that. Yeah. That we were thinking of doing an episode talking about like our book recommendations, possibly. Yeah, if you're interested. Let us know if you're interested in that. Plus we could discuss you guys could send us your book 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 recommendations and we could read them and discuss those as well. Yeah. Basically anything you guys want to hear. Within reason. Within reason. <laughs> you can email us about it. Yeah. SGE with S and G at gmail.com. We can link our form because we have a form about special episodes in the yeah. description. So I don't know. It's just a good book. It's about Snow's past. Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm hoping there are more. Yeah, definitely. I hope there's another about I think it'd be nice to learn more about like Katniss's family. 
you know? Like, yeah. District 12. And her dad. Like, especially her dad, yeah. It was actually really weird because, like, you read it and you see how these things from the, yeah, the, it's the such trilogy connect. The parallels. She did a great job. Because some authors, they do, like, prequels after they write the entire series. But then they're really bad because they have no connection whatsoever. Yeah. Mine, whatsoever, minus the facts. Sorry, I said whatsoever wrong. And Gail smirked at me. <laughs> so I cried. Anyways. No, yeah. But yeah, definitely read it. Like, especially the songs. Not telling too much, but... The songs are just... And they also have Clementine, the song, in there. Oh, which yeah. kind of was fun. I don't like that song that much. I think it's okay. But, um, like, the hanging tree and those songs, you're kind of like, oh my gosh. Like, you learn about them. Yay! Oh, it's man. so cool. Anyways. Basically... Back to the true friend calling. Agatha, or Sophie calls Agatha a not true friend. Or she doesn't say that. She just said, friend. Yeah. <laughs> a not true friend. Not true friend. And um, goes back to the coven. And sadly for Sophie, the Nevers are not on board and instead make fun of her until it is time for her next class. So again, schedules. What's going on here? Right. Wait, in the handbook, I think it might have a more detailed schedule that could possibly make more sense. I don't know. Wait, I'm going to go back to the schedules for a second. School supplies, school uniforms, blah, blah, blah. Faculty, course catalog, sample assignments, internships. First year calendar, 178. I don't know Wait, I right. just found her schedule, and it says, so next class she's going to uglification. Oh, that's the first of the day. So, okay, that makes sense. So they must start pretty late. Oh, no, because Agatha just woke up. Oh, okay. Okay, I forgot about that. So, no, the schedule definitely makes sense here. So when Sophie walks into the door, she is immediately rewarded a one for her absolutely hideous hair, quoting Manly, which I have to say, it must have hurt. Yeah, it's tough when you get a bad haircut. Yeah, and it's, that's so true. Like, like I got a you... terrible haircut one time, and I got, like, it was terrible, and I, looked, I, like, I cried. It was so embarrassing. Sometimes, I don't know, I had this really, really bad haircut that I got twice. Yeah, she had a page boy. It was not a page boy, but it was, it was bad. basically a page boy. I well, know, like, some people page can pull boy. it off. I couldn't. It was a bob, but it wasn't it like was a not... Karen bob. It was like a pretty bob. It was not pretty. It was It was, it was above bob. my ears or something. Oh, it was. I had that too when I was <laughs> But really I had that little. twice. Like, it looks good on some people, but on me, it was not. It actually looked good. I thought it looked fine. I mean, you were, like, should super I go lit. Back to no, it? you should not go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay, I'm, but, dude, mine was worse. Because my hair was long. And they layered it so that one of my... So, like, I had really, like, short hair. But I also had, like, really long hair. Yeah, it, it was terrible. Kind of... It looked like a mullet. <laughs> like, when it started growing out... Anyway, it's kind of, kind of looks like a mullet anyway, though, so... Okay. It's kind of hard to imagine how short her hair is, or, like, how it exactly looks. No, my hair doesn't look like a mullet. <laughs> I reconsidered. Because we are only given one descriptor, and that's jagged. So Honestly, that sounds pretty sick. She could style it in so many different ways to make it look cool. I mean, but right now she's probably just in shock, so she's yeah. not doing much. I mean, later in the book she makes it look cool. Yeah. Anyways, Professor Manley does not even stop there and calls it her quote-unquote greatest beauty before saying gone and so that's so hurtful called that her greatest beauty like and then wow. say that it's gone like oh you're not beautiful i don't know that's such an oof because like yeah it's some people rude. their hair is really beautiful and maybe the rest of them you may not find as beautiful but you don't but you don't want to tell them that that's not evil that's what i'm saying also it's your, your hair good, they're just being jerky and in evil they're just being rude like they aren't good and evil it's just, just kind of they're just kind of 
self-absorbed and yeah because they say they want pure evil and pure good and like but it's honestly don't get accepted they're all terrible it's kind of like yeah it's just kind of like there's a difference (laughs) evil and just unkindness because evil is like intelligence you know and it doesn't point yeah, and it doesn't take intelligence to hurt people, you know? And it's, like, your point of view. Like, you think you're doing the right yeah. thing, I guess. It's being a criminal mastermind, like, versus just hitting someone. Yeah. No, but not even hitting someone. Just, like, verbally berating someone. No, yeah, but it's, like, intelligence versus yeah. kind of brawn. Yeah. Brainy versus brawny. I don't know. That made no sense. Basically, that's it. Oh, no, that's not it. Um... Sophie does get a nice surprise when her name is chipped right below Hester's on the evil ranking board. And so she's doing it. She's climbing Climbing the the ranks. ranks. So what else happened? While Tedros is falling, Sophie is climbing, which is pretty sick. Um, Well, he's not actually falling. Because he's still... I I think he was falling off the rope. That's that's an oof. In the... I think I'm being funny when I write notes in the um, episode notes. I just didn't get it. But it wasn't not funny. I thought it was hilarious. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So this advancement works in her favor because Hester becomes infuriated and therefore closer to, I guess, agreeing to make Sophie a love spell. So next, Sophie goes to Curses and Death Traps, taught by Lady Lesso. Which is, if you have not listened to our last bonus episode, which we did last week, it, I think that was Sam's, my favorite class. No, that is that your, is my you. Favorite. Oh, I selected that. Death oh, I am curses and death. What traps. was I good? Like something forest cool. No. Yeah, you were. You were. You were forest groups. Okay. Surviving fairy tales. Surviving fairy tales. Okay. Mine's cool. I'm surviving. Yeah, that's true. I'm just and death traps. <laughs> no, that's cool though. Um, it was pretty sick. Next, Sophie goes to curses like. And Death Trap with Lady Lesso. They just abbreviated to curses in the book. Really? Anyways, we're the topic topic of the day is Nemesis Dreams. But before she begins the discussion, Lesso, she kind of mutters about how it is, quote-unquote, impossible to find good torturers these days, which means that the Beast's disappearance has been noted. And this causes Sophie to look nauseous, but... Would think, wouldn't it be nauseated? Nauseated? I think it would, actually. We have this game called Trick Question that we sometimes play with, like, guess during family reunions and some of the cards i remember there's one card about nauseous and nauseated oh nausea a feeling of sickness with an inclination to vomit i think it's nauseated though nauseated no nauseous sorry i just looked up nausea no nauseous because that's like the thing feeling inclined to vomit okay causing nausea disgusting or offensive i don't know i think it's Kind of there's changed like a weird, because people use it so much. Right. There was there's like I think that it was at least according to the game there's like nauseous nauseous is different. It was something feeling. It's like if someone is sick, then you feel nauseous or something like that. I, I don't can't know. Remember. It was one thing, but I was listening to quick thing. I was listening to this podcast the other day. Um, it's called. Something about words. I don't know. It's by Merriam Webster. If you look that up on Apple Podcasts, oh yeah, you sent it to me. Let me show you. Oh yeah. Or um, let me not let me show you. I can find the name of it. I liked it. It was good. 
You listened to the whole thing? It looks um, super interesting. There are three episodes out so far. Word Matters. Word Matters. Um, yeah, you should check that out. It's good. It's just like the editors of Merriam-Webster. They discuss things. You can see what they're talking about in each episode. But they kind of just talk about how like words will be added to the dictionary or taken away if right. people use them a lot. Right. So it so might not necessarily be correct. But it's there. But it's there. Because Do you remember the book Frindle? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. That's anyway. cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, so, basically, Sophie, not Sophie, Lady Lesser begins talking about symptoms of a nemesis, <laughs> nemesis dream. Or she doesn't, she talks about one symptom, I guess. Which was? The warts? Which was your taste, blood in your mouth during your oh, first dream. Correct. Because, as Lady Lesser says, a nemesis dream is nothing without symptoms. So no one in the class, oh, Okay, so then Lady Lessa is just kind of going around the classroom asking questions for extra points, etc., I yeah. believe. And no one knows. No one really knows the answers. And no, people do get the answers. But then Lady Lesso asks Sophie the question, and Sophie responds surely and correctly. And Lady Lesso gives her the reward, which is a wart. And rough and caresses her shorn hair as she passes. So Hester becomes more angry to see Sophie is getting special treatment. And writes to her relatives for love spells that night. Right. So, that's interesting. I think perhaps Lady Lesso knows that Sophie killed the beast. I don't... I don't think she does. But once you get... I don't know. Once you get kind of a vibe, maybe? Yeah, I mean, what would be a reason that she would be doing this? I don't know. Because Lady Lesso, I feel like... It's so random. Yeah, she just changes. Very rapidly, like her moods and stuff. Is she a Gemini? (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps. I feel like with things like horoscopes, I'll read them and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so weird. But then you read your horoscope for the day or the next day and you're scared to go out of the house because you think something terrible. Either that or you get really excited and then nothing happens. And it's like, you're about to experience a grand life change and... I don't know, win a million dollars, and I'm like, woohoo! And then it's like, I'm like, nah. all I did today was <laughs> I sat at home today. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. So then we jump oh, back to the good castle. Jump back to the good castle where Agatha is complaining about the Evergirls and their snowball invitations while she's complaining to Sophie. Tedros predictably is ignoring the Evergirls and generally everybody completely. Yeah, and now we know why, I guess. So Sophie's next to Agatha, um, pale of pig's feet grasped in her hand, is staring longingly at the Evergirls. So Agatha knows what she's thinking about immediately and cuts off Sophie's unspoken words with a curt no. So let me quick get the passage. Um, one second. Page 231. <clears throat> Whoa, my voice. <laughs> that was so Two one From no, and then we yeah. yeah. No, Agatha said. But what if he asks me? Sophie, he needs to kiss you now, not take you to some stupid ball. Oh, Agatha, but we're 12. We have so much... I'm kidding. I'm not that up. Oh, Agatha, don't you know your fairy tales? If he takes me to the ball, then he'll kiss me. Like Cinderella at midnight. Kisses always happen at the ball. And by then my hair will have grown and I'll fix my shoes and... Oh no, the gown. Can you steal some charmeuse from one of the girls? I'm guessing it's charmeuse because it's like chartreuse. Now. Charmeuse. Some... Oh no. Crick fishing too, and tulle, mountains of tulle, preferably, preferably in pink, but I can always dye it, though tulle never looks quite right dyed. Perhaps we could go with chiffon. Oh, it's chamoose. Wait, what the heck? 
Charmeuse. Charmeuse. Oh, wait, but let's listen to the British pronunciation. Wait, no. Okay, ready, guys? Charmeuse. Charmeuse. So, Charmeuse. Wait, wait, here's the American one. Charmeuse. (laughs) Wow, that's that's a little hard on the ears. Charmeuse. (laughs) Anyways, perhaps we could go with Chiffon, then. Much more manageable. Agatha blinked, speechless. You're right, I should ask him first, Sophie said, leaping up. No frown, darling. It'll be as easy as pie. You'll see. Princess Sophie at a ball. What are you? You'll ruin everything. But Sophie had already flounced to the other side, plopped down next to Tedris, and held out her pail. Hello, handsome. Want some of my feet? <laughs> Possibly the most inviting thing ever. But that's that's so awkward. Anyway, post-foot comment, Sophie and Tedros, unsurprisingly, have an awkward exchange. Sophie attempts to explain that she and Agatha are, quote-unquote, too close, and that it's time that she makes good friends now. Good with a capital G, not, like, good. I mean, who knows? She probably means good. It's good adjective. Yeah, good's an adjective. The Freudian slut. Tedros responds, Dot said you left because you were sick. And then goes on to basically show how good of a friend so... Dot is to Sophie, having well eating enough worms for the two of them so Sophie wouldn't fail. During the Garden of Good and Evil. And so Sophie kind of bulldozes on, not feeling guilty in the least, and continues um, trying to get Tedros to ask her to the ball. Sadly, or depressingly enough, because she said depressing earlier, Beatrix called and the gang sorry, she jostled called, her out of the group. She called Dot depressing, that's why. Right. Um, and then... Agatha shouts after Sophie, humble pie. Like, easy as pie? Humble, humble pie. pie. And so then time skip to the last class of the day, forest groups. So my, me, that's me. Wait, am I forest groups or am I? You're yeah, that's forest, yeah, you're forest groups. groups. Okay. So the scene starts with Agatha and Sophie talking. Um, and basically Sophie is just trying to convince herself that it didn't go so badly. As in her attempt to get Tedros Flirt to ask Tedros. her to the ball. However, Dot walks up and basically bursts her bubble, saying, everyone saying you called Tedros a liar, threw poo in his face, and licked his feet. Wow. So clearly rumors are not. They spread like wildfire, but they also increase drastically. Yeah. It's like, you know in the Penderwicks, when there's the part with the bull, and Batty oh, yeah, is Batty. in the field with the bull, and then... And I don't remember, I think there were just rumors about the bull, and I was like, oh yeah, the bull killed two tourists. Yeah. But the reality was that the bull had, like, stolen, well, it kind of just hooked the tourist camera on one of its horns. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, it just shows how rumors, the school for good and evil, I mean, let's be it's honest, school the school, school for good and evil is literally the home of rumors. Like, yeah. like we, this is kind of my main... <laughs> I talk about this every episode, but it's so true, because they're not good and evil, they're just kind of confused and rude. Anyways, finally they reach the designated meeting place where the rest of the group is waiting, and the challenge of the day, as explained by Yuba, is to discern good from evil, which they do every week. Um, More like every day. But by turning... Because forest groups is every day. Oh, yeah. But they do it... They say week, I think. Oh, okay. They say they do this challenge every week. I don't know. Oh, my bad. But today it's turning Evergirls and Nevergirls into, quote-unquote, identical dark-haired princesses with big hips, round backsides, and trouty lips, and having good and evil boys choose coffins. Or, ended the quote, okay. lips. Which page is this? Um, I'm not sure. It's at the top. Which page is this? Which chapter? Wait, I found the chapter. I just saw it. 
234. So after after Yuba changes them into princesses, Sophie calls herself obese. Okay, I think that's problematic. Cause yeah. like that's it's not like all bodies are beautiful, you know. Like I don't know. I don't know. I think that's just meant to emphasize her like her kind of troubled relationship with her body. Yeah, or just I kind feel of like, like we could have good. a bit more about it though that changes it i don't know that kind yeah. of shows up because right like, now also earlier? she's it's i don't know it's just saying she has large hips like like that's that's not genetic bad. that's yeah it's genetic and besides yeah. like yeah and then also earlier in the book i believe when they're in i think good deeds clarissa dovey talks about um how good has chosen instead of performing good deeds to cultivate their waistlines and then also there's the part with, like, the prince and princess, Anastasia and Jacob, I think, who starved on honeymoon. Like, oh, did yeah. they starve on purpose? Is I what I was wondering. No, it was because they didn't, they couldn't find any food and they were kind of stupid and they didn't pay attention They didn't want to eat mirrorworms? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. would you want to eat mirrorworms? I think they could touch more on this and turn yeah. it into something It could be, like, a learning moment or learning positive, yeah. Instead of just stating it and making it seem really um, offensive right. towards some people. Yeah, also, like, trouty lips. Like, plenty of people want full lips. Like, full lips... Trouty just seems rude. Trouty is just kind of rude. Yeah, trouty I seems agree. like you got, like, a botched... A botched, um, like, lip, lip fillers. Lip filler. I don't know. It's, like... I don't know. It's just a weird... It's a hard section. Like, it's a hard section of the book. I don't it's think they'd paragraph. have to do that. I don't think it was necessary. They could have said could identical have said dark haired princesses. They could have said I'll big stop. hips, round backsides, and full lips. Like, but then Sophie and didn't have to I'm say obese. I'm obese. You don't even need to talk about their body. Just say like tall. You could short. say. I mean, I don't think it's bad that he described it like that. That's yeah. not really bad because he just yeah because it's. But normal. Right. It's normal to look like that. You know. Yeah, like everyone has different bodies. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a touchy thing a, that I... It's a touchy subject. That didn't have to be touch touchy. Upon. Yeah, but it didn't have to. It could have just said it things instead of adding these weird things that like, make it sound slightly, weird when that's just how yeah. people, Like, that's a body type. You don't have to put in the thing that sound make it sound offensive. Or make it sound negative. Yeah, make it sound negative. Anyways, um, I just wanted to touch on that because... We thought it was important. Yeah, so... Originally, it was just the Everboys who had to pick coffins, but Yuba added the Neverboys as an, quote-unquote, incentive to behave for the girls, so... Okay, that's rough. That's rough. The Everboys have to find good princesses and possible love interests, but I don't know if the Nevers really do. But what would the evil boys have done if they hadn't been a part of the choosing? Like, just Nothing. stand around. They would just stood around. I don't know. So, it's kind of, I feel like the evil boys are kind of just... They're be- used to being pushed aside. Yeah, they really are. It's sad. Yeah, like, real poor Hort, favorite character. That's rough. We get some Hort moments, though. So, yeah, we Sam, do. would you like to... Anyway, so Hort decides to go over to... Did they say a mint tree? A mint a bush. A mint bush. <laughs> mint doesn't grow on trees. I don't know. And he snacks on a few, few of the leaves. It's probably like fluorescent he... blue. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, it's a blue mint bush. Mm-hmm. Um, and he snacks on a few of the leaves because he likes being fresh. 
but we all know that he's just gearing up to kiss Sophie. <laughs> um, and then back to the coffins, Agatha's praying for Tedros to feel a pull towards Sophie so their plan to go home can work. But instead, Tedros feels that, quote, a spark of energy pulsing between them, unquote, between Tedros and Agatha, but before he can go to investigate, or we don't know that it's Agatha right now, but before he can go to investigate, basically, Yuba yells that the time's up. And unfortunately for Sophie, Hort just made it to her coffin. And I want to talk about this. Lucky guess, or did he actually feel something? I think he actually felt something. Yeah. Unless he was just watching her get into the coffin. Yeah, I don't I think, I don't know. I don't know. But basically... And he kisses her full on the lips. Yeah. And Sophie kicked him, and he bonked onto the mint plant where the snacking skunk sprayed, a nice little alliteration, sprayed him. And so Hort runs around screeching that he's blind, until he rams back into Sophie's coffin where the, le- the lid promptly shuts, I guess, and locks, locks them together. together. So Yuba, ever the crab, gives a word of ri- <laughs> My voice is dying. Gives a word of wisdom in the form of an additional rule. Number five, nevers don't trifle with love. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Okay, okay nevers There's like the trifle. whole thing that ne- nevers aren't supposed to fall in love, right? But, like, why not, you know? Yeah, I guess that's going to be explored more throughout the series. It is definitely series. explored more. Um, and then Yuba gives the word for the boys to open the coffins that they've picked, and Agatha gets the shock of her life when she sees Tedros lift her, quote-unquote, thick, thick hand, hand to his tender, tender lips. It's gross. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the whole tender... Oh like, God. the whole thick hand plus tender lips is just not... They, he not always talks about Tedros's lips, but like he does not always talk flattering. about Tedros's lips. He's like Tedros's, I don't know, plump lips, fleshy Both. lips. I'm like, just say Tedros. Smiling though. lips. The, and then that goes to the thing we talked about earlier, like tender lips. Okay, but thick hand. Maybe. Tender lips just sounds gross. Tender lips. Thick hand is fine. Okay. Tender. It doesn't lips sound gross. But thick plus tender is just. Oh. Weird. <laughs> of course. I mean, if we know anything about Agatha, she's been consistent thus far. Spoiler. Anyways. Um, so she needs him in the chest, causing Tedros to fall onto the ground, which is kind of funny. funny. Um, and then everyone swarms around him to help his injuries. And so give me a break. But also, are never girls getting out of their coffins too to help Tedros? No. It's, oh, it says every boy's crowded around him in princess clones. And then Yuba conjured a block of ice for the prince's skull. Okay. It's like, come on. Guys, he's... He fell. He fell. And amidst the chaos, basically, Agatha slips out of her coffin into the one next to her. So, like we said, the other princesses were helping Tedros. So, Tedros finally struggles up. It's uh, the exact word they use. It, well, he uses is staggered. With no intention of letting his princess go. But that's so dramatic. He literally fell. He got knee in the chest. He got knee in the chest. But like that's, I don't know. I'm not a guy. But like that doesn't sound. That doesn't really sound like it hurt that much. Like it's the chest. It's like you get the wind knocked out of you. But he's been. But he's buff. He's buff. (laughs) So he's basically wearing like a. I don't know. But it just seems he's being a bit of a drama drama queen. queen. A drama. Drama queen, it's it's both. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's ev- I think drama queen is gender neutral. It's gender. Anyway, it's not specific. Everyone goes back to their coffins, and Tedros goes to the third coffin, which he remembered to be the one to which he felt the draw. 
After kissing the princess's hand, the princess melts into Beatrix, who is smiling imperiously. Tedros is very shocked. So we can obviously see that Tedros wants absolutely nothing to do with Beatrix, whereas Agatha, who is the real resident of that coffin, sighs with relief in a a coffin next to... So the class... Basically, that's it for that class. The class ends with Howling Wolves. So that's like the school bell, I guess. Nice. And Agatha (laughs) lags behind to wait for Sophie, who is still trapped in the coffin with Hort. So Yuba calls to Agatha to hurry up, as it is, quote-unquote, Sophie's lesson to learn. What was it, her lesson? I don't know. Nevers don't trifle with love. Okay. But it wasn't her fault. It was Hort's. It was literally Hort's fault. So oh, because she kicked him. But yeah, but penalizing that, her for... He kicked her on the... He kicked her. Hort's fault. He kissed her on the lips. Yeah, that's she like... She has every right to do, like, whatever. Yeah, because that's... I mean, not hurt him, but, like... Well, kick him. Yeah, that wasn't part of the drill. It was kiss on the hand. So that seems a little So I think that's pretty sexist it's like the double standard you know because it's like boys will be boys but like and but sophie has to learn the lesson like no i think it's horton I, it's she horton should be, in horton no, she should be stuck with him yeah that's that bad seems gross and she's struggling toxic. to get out that's not i don't know at first glance that seems funny but then it's kind of not yeah. it's really not I don't know. I feel like there are these weird hidden things. I guess maybe we're thinking of it too much or it wasn't thought of too much when it was written. But when you think of it a lot, you're kind of like, okay. You just question it and you wonder. It's just, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't... It is funny, but it would have been... But you don't lock someone with the person who kind of just... Like, Hort... Harassed them. we, We can see that Hort is a good person and... But yeah. it shouldn't. And it doesn't. If you're gonna punish them, don't punish them by locking them together, together. in a small coffin. Plus, he's been sprayed by a skunk. Plus, he just kissed her on the lips, which was uncalled for. Like, yeah, that's no, not good. That's not. Doesn't seem that great. Um, I guess it's it's funny with Hort and the mint leaves, but then it's not funny that they're being that Sophie's being punished like she did react very i don't know it's hard to talk about this but she did react very um she violently react- yes and maybe that was uncalled for but it was also uncalled for that he was that he kissed her on the lips exactly and i i don't think that i think that if she were to be punished and he would be punished too I don't think that this is the correct way to carry it out. Because I think the teachers, they're there to make sure that you're safe, you know? They're there to teach you, but also to make sure that you're safe and that you're not being harassed. Yeah, and we know that Hort is a good person, but if this is the kind of conduct that the teachers condone, condone, then if it happened with a bad person, it would be much worse. Right, because we know that... Actually, no, right now we don't know that Hort's really good. That's true. But it doesn't... I don't... It doesn't seem that he did it maliciously, but still, that's inappropriate touching, and that's... I don't think that's appropriate. I don't think... I think that's impardonable, but... Yeah. I think that's impardonable, like, period. Yeah, I mean, tell us... Tell... Tell us... Email us what What you guys think. think. Um, I don't know. That's just our opinions, 
and I guess everyone obviously can have their own opinions. Anyways, Agatha glances back once more to see Sophie is still struggling, struggling to get out. Why doesn't she help her? She can't. It's locked with magic, I guess. Yeah, it's but... like the shoes. Oh, that's true. Um, Sophie... And also, Agatha kind of sounds a little... She's like, maybe the gnome was right. Tomorrow her friend would be ready to listen. Okay. Wow, that's just that's terrible. Rude. That's terrible. If her friend is in a dangerous situation, okay, she's not. But if it were with a different person, it could be a lot worse. And it could have been dangerous, you know? Yeah. Or it's still dangerous. Like, yeah. they don't know Hort. Yeah. He's a stranger. But Agatha feels totally... She feels absolutely no qualms about leaving her friend. Yeah. I just think it could have been written better. Yeah. And so, or not, not better as but more like, appropriately. More appropriately and less, because this is made up, right? Right, but people. <laughs> so, like are, it could have been written. But people will listen to this, and that might mean. That, yeah, this book is for ages eight to twelve. Okay, we're older than that. We're like, a lot older than that. Um. But yeah, like the thing is, like they. Because people are going to read this section. And I read this think, when I was... Like, I it's okay to leave your friend with a strange person when she's clearly uncomfortable. And it's not. It's not. It's this never was written okay. in 2013. I don't know. I was young. Back in the day. <laughs> Back in the day. That's seven years ago. That's kind of crazy. That's a long time. Um, sorry. So I suppose it was prior to a lot of the Me Too. Yeah, but I think this type of thing should be talked about. And definitely it's important. Yeah. So we gave it our I don't want to say we She's gave screaming it our and kicking the glass. Yeah. That's get her like mm, don't don't do that. If you don't write about ever, that if you're not gonna make a good if you're not gonna resolve it in a If you're not gonna way. make a or like an informational. Yeah, because like I don't know. Obviously like the book doesn't have to be like a big PSA about safety but like it's just not it doesn't seem right it's not yeah especially for eight to twelve year olds i mean it doesn't seem when you're eight to twelve i think you just read through it right yeah i don't know that's just what we think um yeah like we said just email us email us if you have any different thoughts we'd love to hear from you it's always interesting to hear other people's opinions um but basically important Agatha says, she'll, I'm quoting this from page 236. Agatha says, she'll survive, she muttered, following the others. It's only Hort. Okay, already there, red flags. Anyways, but Hort... It seems like Sophie does just need better friends at this point. Yeah, but Hort wasn't the problem. The problem was that Sophie had seen Agatha switch coffins. Because let's talk, like, with the coven, would Hester have left I don't think Anadil? Hester would have left Anna. No. I don't think Hester would have even left Sophie. Hester would not have loved Sophie if she... Well, well, she did. No, but it doesn't talk about so, Hester. I think Agatha just left. Or Hester just left. Honestly, I don't think Hester would have left Sophie. They wouldn't have even left Dot. They would not have left Dot. Sophie would... Would Sophie have left Agatha? I don't know. I don't think Sophie would have left Agatha. I don't think Agatha. she would have. So Agatha's just disloyal. This is the last class of the day. Bear that in mind when you think Agatha... Could have literally waited on the grass. Like, that seems boring, but if it's your friend's safety, she could have waited and on Agatha the grass. And Agatha was always practicing, grass. like, spells, too. Because there's the part where she, like, splashes the murals off the wall or whatever. But does she have her finger unlocked yet? No. What? I thought she already had. Oh, no, she hasn't. So forget that. Agatha can't do spells. But she can still, like, whack the coffin with stuff. I don't know. 
try to yeah. get another teacher. Get Professor Dovey. I don't know. I don't think she should. I don't know. Maybe she could just stay there. But it's just not a good. I like, that's why there's the whole buddy system. So you don't get stuck in bad situations, right? In coffins. In coffins um, with strange I don't know. People. So it's kind of a cliffhangery ending because Sophie saw Agatha switch coffins. And yeah, that's the end of the chapter. So what are your last thoughts, I guess? I just think there are definitely there are things definitely in the book things. that do need to be discussed more. Yeah, like the Doom Room, that was two chapters two chapters ago i think we discussed that this chapter there was um two kind of problematic problematic things this one the coffin that we just talked about and the body shaming body shaming i don't there has been body shaming prior though we didn't yeah we didn't touch on that though which i Um, regret yeah i in the i guess we'll just tell you now as the podcast goes on we will point these things out right we are going to make an effort to do that because that's definitely important so yeah i hope that i hope i don't know that that makes sense to you as well and i guess this is a totally different note and it feels weird to go from there to there but what was your favorite character i'm saying not agatha definitely not not agatha not yuba not Hort, not Tedros. Not really Sophie. Not Sophie. I mean, Sophie... No, not, not Sophie either. Do we have any favorite characters? I don't think I had a favorite character. Not the skunk. The skunk. No, not the skunk. Um, Dot. Tedros. Dot! Dot's my favorite character because Tedros mm. mentioned what Dot said, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. There were really no... I didn't... There were no I didn't feel out. particularly... Yeah, I didn't think there were any standout characters that I really appreciated yeah because they all had their like Sophie was rude about Dot Sophie was rude about Dot Sophie was rude about other people Sophie was rude yeah I don't know I just Tedros was just a pain I mean Tedros Albemarle Albemarle he's my favorite character no like he didn't do like you need to have a reason I think Dot's my favorite character because she helped Sophie like um you know the whole thing? Yeah, with the... Worms. Right, with the mirror worms. Yeah, so I think Dot's my favorite character, but that's not a huge reason, but... Yeah, yeah she's I my don't favorite know. character. I think this is a... It's yeah. kind of a weird chapter. It was a... Yeah. Or not weird, just... Not weird, just different. Like, different. Not different. I don't know. It was it's just, just a rocky. It was different. It was a rocky chapter. It was a rocky chapter. That I think could have been edited to be better. I agree. Or just revised a bit. Revised a bit. Anyways. Whoa. Just such a somber... I mean, for reason. With reason. With reason. So, I guess if you'd like to email the show with your opinions, I mean... On this episode, on anything, really. We always like to hear episodes. bonus episodes. Bonus episode ideas, rather. Yeah, we might do a bonus episode extra this week. I don't know. We'll see. Probably we will. Um, so you can email us at sgewithsng at gmail.com. It will be in our bio. And we always love to hear from you. So, I'm Sam. I'm Gail. And this has been SGE with SNG. Bye.